uh, as we're turning there, I want to thank those that had part in the funeral yesterday. Uh, a, a glory to God. It was a, a real blessing to have uh, so many preachers and loved ones and churches that were represented to, uh, for the memorial, the send-off of uh, Brother Monty Rowe. Um, passed last week and had a, a, a funeral memorial service that honored the Lord. And a, a great servant of the Lord, we'd be praying for Allen Creek Baptist Church as they're without a pastor right now. And as they're seeking, so uh, that the Lord would, would uh, give them his will. And, then, and, and we need to continue to pray for them about that. I asked this church last week to jump in. And we actually had some other things scheduled yesterday. So we, we kind of changed everything. Uh, we uh, said, no, this, is, this takes priority. We needed to, they, they needed to use a building that would uh, hold the, uh, the crowd. We had probably about 300 here yesterday. Um, for that, that funeral, and um, they couldn't do that over at Allen Creek, and so they asked, and so we said, sure, let's do that, and, and you folks gave, and were, were gracious, served, cleaned up before, got things together after, cleaned up afterwards, and fed, and, and by the way, we still have a lot of food that's not in the fellowship hall, if you want to go back there afterwards and get some sandwiches or whatever, and then you can go ahead and, and, uh, and uh, partake of that, that's, that'd be fine, and, but anyway, everybody did so, so well, I just want to thank you. Thank you, church. Um, we got a church that really loves the Lord and, and serves Him and, and does things for His cause. And uh, that's what you did. And, and I was just so impressed. I was, I was so proud of this church to be able to do that and have servants' hearts to just uh, go above and beyond the, the call of service there just you know, at the drop of a hat. So thank you. I, I want to say thank you. Well, again, we're looking forward to this Wednesdays when our, our missions conference starts, don't come next Sunday and say, why, what happened? What happened around here? No, no, it starts Wednesday, okay? So maybe you can't make it because you're working at night or whatever, but if you can make it, make every single service that you can make. Begins Wednesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we have uh, men's breakfast in the morning where a missionary will, will give the men a charge. The ladies are having their brunch uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday, and then we're going to uh, close it out next Sunday morning, and that's with the missionary cards and the commitments and all. And so, uh, um, be be a part. Just get involved. If you're not involved, then you're kind of aloof, and then uh, the church doesn't mean anything to you. But if you get involved, if you pray and you do what I'm asking you to do, get. I'd like every person to be involved. Uh, and uh, you say, well, you know, I I'll let my husband or my wife or my kids or my mom or dad, you know. Uh, uh, Take care of things and get involved. No, I want everybody, every single person to be praying about it and, and to, to be involved in any way that you can give. Maybe you got a paper out and you want to give a little bit towards missions this coming uh, year and watch God bless you. And it's a step of faith and watch him come through. And I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to be involved. So let's let's become involved. So as we're looking uh, uh, to this coming week, of course, the the. Uh, uh, theme is reaching beyond, and that's Acts chapter 1, verse number 8 is the, the text. So let's look at that text, Acts chapter 1, and let's begin with verse number 4 and read down a few verses down through verse number 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days 
Hence. And so that word that is used in verse number four, wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. This message is entitled, Wait to Reach Beyond, because that's what we're doing. We're, we're going to the uttermost. But he says, first of all, wait. Look down to verse number eight. This is what they're supposed to wait for. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. They're to wait to have this fulfillment of power so that they can reach the globe for Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you help us to see some things that's pertinent to us today, that, that we can apply today. Lord, as we are preparing for our missions conference and praying about that and asking for just the messages that we need to hear and, and for you to touch hearts as only you can, Lord, we are excited about what you can do and what you will do. But Lord, it's going to be from heaven, and if it's not um, heaven sent, then it's going to be temporary, and it's going to be futile, and it's going to be of the flesh. So, Lord, I pray that that we would be connected to you, that we would uh, this morning the topic of waiting for your involvement, your engagement, your power. Lord, I pray that we would indeed understand and recognize the most vital of all things, and that's your involvement in your work here. So, Lord, I pray that you would be involved in our hearts today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Missions Conference begins Wednesday. We're bringing the aspect of the church's orders to reach the, our generation with the gospel. Sometimes that's called the Great Commission, to reach beyond, or reaching beyond to the uttermost part of the earth. But whether we're packing steamer trunks for a trek around the globe or just putting a track in your pocket and going across the fence to your neighbor, Maybe there's a merchant that you're dealing with, that you, you're burdened for, and, and there's somebody in a local store around here, a restaurant, that you'd like to see come to Christ, and you want to witness, you want to uh, share your faith. Whether it's sharing your faith with the person next door, or whether it's going around the globe, we need divine power in our witness, just as was instructed to the church here in our text. Within the Great Commission, we see Jesus' reference to that divine power, Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. This is the, what we call the Great Commission, the commission to his church. I'm getting a little bit of a ring, guys. I wonder if you can try to work on that. Uh, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And he goes on and talks about teaching all things. So what he says here is, first of all, all power has been given unto Jesus. There's, there's, there's nothing that he cannot do or will not do if he sees fit. All power is given to him. And then he says, verse 19, go ye, therefore, because I have all power, and I'm commissioning you. I'm asking you to get out there. I'm asking you to get the gospel, the good news, to all people. And so I will be with you. I will empower you. All power is given unto me. Therefore, because of this, go ye and teach all nations. Again, when Jesus gave his command to evangelize the lost, he made it clear that his power, his enablement, his muscle would be necessary to carry out a successful mission. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. 
This is what he said here. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He says, okay, I'm sending you out, but wait. There's something that must take place first. You can't go in your own power. If you go in your own power, you will fail. There's nothing going to be accomplished. It won't work. You've got to tarry or wait until you're endued with power, and then you can go. The disciples were instructed to wait. Power had to be bestowed. They had to become spiritually engaged. Without divine empowerment, they would be woefully inadequate. They're not going to do the job. They're not going to be able to do the job without him. That baptism with the Holy Ghost that we read about in our text, it was critical. This was indeed earmarked by divine power. The heavenly electricity was turned on in their words and actions as they were switched on by God for his work. And then they effectively began to reach beyond. That's what they were instructed to do. That's what they were, were all about, is reaching beyond. But many people have a false notion of what the baptism of the Spirit is. Uh, today, in religious climate, you might have friends that, uh, uh, in the charismatic realm that have wild ideas of what this baptism of the Spirit is. Like every believer comes to this place where, sure, you can get saved, but do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have all of the Holy Spirit? Well, yeah, every person that's been saved has all of the Spirit of God. The Bible says if you're not saved and you, you, know, you don't have the Spirit, and you're none of His. But if you're saved, then you, you have the Holy, the Holy Ghost that dwells within you. But uh, this uh, baptism of the Holy Ghost is critical in reaching the world. But some say today that every believer can have a second blessing or a baptism of the Spirit, and you're saved, and then you come to this place where you come into some kind of a trance, or you come into some kind of a, a spiritual event that happens in your life where you get a second blessing, where, you know, uh, uh, wild things begin to take place, or maybe you, you uh, speak in tongues, and what they mean by tongues is a bunch of gibberish, it's just saying a, a bunch of nonsensical things that uh, is uh, uh, supposed to be this, the, the uh, gift of tongues accompanied with speaking in gibberish. Instead of human languages that were listed in the genuine gift of tongues in Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4, when they were baptized of the Spirit or with the Spirit, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now folks, there's going to be false teaching everywhere about this. Listen, pay attention to what God says as he identifies what the gift of tongues is. He says, Spirit gave them utterance, and they spake with tongues. Oh, really? What were those tongues? Verse number five. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. In his own language. How many here uh, are bilingual? You know two languages. Maybe not speak them very good, but you, you can understand two languages. Let me see your hands. Okay, some. How many can speak three languages? That's trilingual. Okay, good. 
How many can speak four languages or more? Very good. All right. Anatoly. Uh, and I can go on, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I don't know how many you know, but <laughs> amen. Hey, that's, that's wonderful. If you speak two languages, you're called bilingual. If you only speak one language, you're called American. <laughs> seems like Americans don't you know, care about learning other languages, but others do. Um, but a language, folks, a language is a, a speech that you're familiar with because it's uh, unique to a nation or a, a region uh, on the globe. That's a language, a human language. It says there in, in our uh, text, it was in verse number six again, uh, every man heard him speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. Okay, this is the gift of tongues. This is biblical tongues. This is genuine. When the word of God was being fulfilled and God says, I'm going to uh, allow them to speak with other tongues, this is what he's talking about. And he says they, they hurt uh, their, the language, their own languages, in their own tongue. And then they actually begin to identify what tongues they were. Verse number nine. Their own tongue, which we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and dwellers of Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome. Hey, Paisan, I could, I know those, those. Palitaliano, hey, yeah, right. Rome, and Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So folks, the identification of biblical tongues are human languages, right? Now whatever it is that you've bought into this linguistic diarrhea of the mouth that nobody understands, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but I'm talking about just a bunch of gibberish that blah, 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 and that's, that's the gift of, no, 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 that's not of God. That's, that's not biblical. Now, if you, want to, if you want to just name it whatever you want to name it and call it whatever and, and, and buy into it, fine, go ahead. It's not Bible. It's not of God. It's not what God has taught. It's not the, God's design. No, no, the biblical gift of tongues was given here to the early church. And it was human languages spoken to get across the truth of the gospel. God wanted these people to hear what Jesus did for them, how that he died on the cross to pay for their sin. Now, they needed to repent, receive Christ as their personal Savior. And so he, he got that across by this gift of tongues that was given to that early church then. So if the spooky, trance-like experience that Satan's pushing today is not the baptism of the Spirit, well, then what is it? What is the baptism of the Spirit? Because, you know, the Bible talks about the baptism of the Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verse number 16. John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, this is John the baptizer, and here he is, he's at the, at the, the river Jordan, he's baptizing. He says, I'm baptizing you with this, with water. Then he goes on to say, But one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And by the way, that's exactly what took place. The cloven tongues of fire came down upon them on that day that they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. And so John says, there's coming somebody that's going to be baptizing you with the Holy Ghost. 
The baptism of the Spirit was a one-time event for the Jew and then a one-time event for the Gentiles in the initial, initial enabling and then empowerment for the work of God. You remember he says, wait, don't do this yet. You need power. You need to be enabled. You need God's power. You need to get plugged in, switched on. You need God's enablement. And so that's where the baptism of the Spirit came in. And, and so John was saying, there's, there's, it's coming. It's coming. In Matthew 3, verse 11, he also says here, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Mark 1.8. Another way of putting it here, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. In John 1.33. And I knew him not, John says, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descend, descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. See, John said, it's coming. It's coming. There's going to be a time where, where uh, you will be baptized with the Spirit of God or with the Holy Spirit, with the, with the Holy Ghost. It's coming. There's this time this will take place. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And now here in our text passage that we read to begin with, uh, the scriptures, it, it's divinely applied. Here where we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through verse number 8, they were baptized with the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Again, let's read that. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait... For the promise of the Father, by the way, it was an Old Testament promise, reminded to them by John, he says, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, which saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So this is it, this is what he's talking about. Not many days hence. He says, it's coming, and it's really soon. It's, it's right around the corner. When they, they were therefore come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Okay, so this being baptized with the Holy Ghost, synonymous with, with the Holy Ghost coming upon them and receiving this power, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Then shortly thereafter, you'll see the fulfillment. Acts chapter 2, this is the baptism of the Spirit. Verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a, rushing mighty, uh, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, and it sat upon each one of them, and they were filled <coughs> with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we explained that just a moment ago. Note that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the baptism with the Holy Ghost and the filling of the Holy Ghost happened at the same time, although they're not the same, but they happened simultaneously here. And then when Peter recalls the baptism of the Spirit to the Gentiles later on, this is what he says in Acts chapter 11, verse number 15, because a similar event happened among the Gentiles. And he says this, And as I began to speak, he's referring back to the day of Pentecost, 
And as they began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the like gift as he gave unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then God has also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. So what God did with the Jews at first, the baptism of the Spirit, and they spake with tongues, he also did that again later with the opening up to the Gentiles. He clearly and biblically defined the baptism of the Spirit. That's the baptism of the... That's what Peter said. Okay, what happened back in Acts chapter 2, and Peter's referring back to it. See, because in the Old Testament it says, <coughs> it's coming, it's coming. John the Baptist, Baptist says, it's coming, it's coming. Jesus himself said, not many days hence, it's going to be here. It'll, it'll come. When it happens, now that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Peter refers back to it and says, that was it. That's the baptism of the Spirit. And he identifies it very clearly. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the time when they were immersed in the Spirit of God for his work and to get his power. And this was done initially for the New Testament church, for both the Jewish <coughs> and then the Gentile <coughs> constituency. There was no way that they could have done the work of God without his power. So they had to wait. Wait until the Lord flipped the switch, if you will, and turned on his power. Wait until the Lord empowered them. So the baptism of the Spirit was promised. It was an event that was promised. It was specific. It was one time. And it was needed to enable the church to have heaven's power and be filled. So that was the baptism of the Spirit. That happened. That was a one-time event. The day of Pentecost had happened so many years ago, some 2,000-some years ago. And now somebody says today, oh no, you need to be baptized with, excuse me, that happened. That happened a long time ago. That's what it was. It was identified. Now a person can be, should be, is commanded to be filled by the Spirit of God. Because when Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, now you go and witness, and now we, that's what we're, we're doing. That's our command. We are supposed to get a hold of, we're supposed to dip into that power. We're, we're supposed to uh, allow God to flip the switch in us so that we could be filled with the Spirit of God. And that's a daily thing. That's a, an ongoing, over and over thing. We've got to see the difference between the baptism with or in the Holy Ghost and the filling with the Holy Ghost. It's an individual thing that folks enjoyed as they gave themselves to be used, as they yielded themselves for the Lord. This was practiced as often as men were yielded, as they were cleansed, as they were sanctified for Him, and then they were filled again and again and again. Luke chapter 1, verse 67. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. Acts 4, 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, and he preached the word of God to them, being filled or empowered again. Acts 9, 17. And then Ananias went his way and entered into the house, putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that as thou camest, has sent me, that thou may, mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, now the baptism already took place. That power is, is, is 
uh, available for his church now to do his work. And now you see over and over and over again, people become filled with the Spirit of God, empowered, if you will, by the Spirit of God, filled with, with the Holy Ghost, and that's what happened. Acts 13, verse number 9. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him, and he did God's work there in the ministry. Jesus encouraged us to ask for this blessing, this presence, this guidance of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 11. And folks, don't look at me weird here. This is a Baptist church, okay? And we're talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, the filling of the Spirit of God. We kind of sometimes stray away from it because, no, that's wild. That's, that's not. No, no, listen, these are Jesus' words in Luke chapter 11, verse 11. He said this, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will they give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, when we've been saved, we have the, the Spirit of God to indwell us from the time that Jesus had received you the Holy Ghost in, Acts, in John chapter 20. That's, that's, that's from now on the new the new relationship that we have, he used to, in the Old Testament, come upon folks. Today, he indwells us. When a person gets saved, the Spirit of God indwells us. But the filling of the Spirit, the empowerment of the Spirit, that's, that's something that we ask for, that Jesus says, as children, you ask good things, and we're, we're, we're used to that. Parents can do that. And he says, you know what? So the Father will give the Holy Spirit in power, in direction, in guidance, in empowerment, in, in uh, 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 leadership. Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Yes, we're to ask for the Holy Spirit's power. Being filled with the Spirit is a requirement. It's something that each, each one of us as believers, and uh, we look in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 6, this is one of those things that the deacons were supposed to be filled with, filled, uh, filled full of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, <coughs> look ye out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. I remember teaching on this before and having some very good questions. Pastor, what does that look like? What does that mean for a person to be filled with the Spirit of God? Well, that's influenced, <coughs> covered, uh, directed, <coughs> empowered, being filled with the, with the Spirit of God is not only a requirement, but it's, it's being um, uh, influenced by the Spirit. You know the verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. And be not drunk <coughs> with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, here when he says drunk with excess, meaning soused, plastered, Drunk, you know, people that are drunk, they're drunk drunk, and they're so drunk that they sometimes don't even resemble their sober self. You know some people like that. Some people seem like they can hold their liquor, and some people can't. And, and uh, you know, I've known <clears throat> kindest, sweetest, gentlest people in the world, when they become drunk, were belligerent and, and rough and cruel, you, you want to slap them, 
because of their, their personality change because you say, well, that, that's, the, that's the drink. That's the alcohol. Well, no, it's them, but they're being influenced by the alcohol, just like when you're, um, what's the legal limit right now of uh, how much alcohol you can have before you're, you're considered drunk if you're driving point, what, what is it? What was that? Thank you, Lara, she knows. <laughs> I, know, I set you up on that one, sorry. <laughs> See, now you have to forgive me, so <laughs> apply some Christian love there. <clears throat> You know, you know what that means, driving under the influence, DUI? It means you have enough alcohol in you that it is, it is calling the shots. It is slowing your, your uh, re, uh, reflexes. It is, it is affecting your judgment. You're under the influence of alcohol. And that's what God says here. Just like alcohol would bring a person under the influence of liquor, the believer is supposed to be under the influence of the Spirit of God. Be not drunk with wine, like that, wherein is excess, but, believer, you could say be drunk with the Spirit of God. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, under the influence. That means you're, you're being... The Spirit of God is calling the shots in your life. It's not you. It's not your flesh. It's not what the world says. It's not this, this world system. No, no. It's the Spirit of God that is influencing that belief. Every one of us is supposed to be filled with the Spirit. Philippians 1.1, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. Now, this fruits and filling are almost interchangeable here because you, you do what God says. You have the wisdom, you have the instruction, you have the, the direction, the influence of the Spirit of God. You also have the fruits of the Spirit. So the filling of the Holy Spirit is commanded and it's encouraged. This is an event that we can have. It's not the baptism that took place so long ago that it's, it's not available to any of, any of us. It was given a specific time, a specific place, a fulfillment that happened just like it did, and they looked back at it and they said, that's what it was. But the filling of the Spirit is something that each one of us need. When Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, go ye therefore, because I have this power, because I call the shots, because I have supremacy over all things. Now you go, understanding you have that power also. Or it's available to you. It's available to me. I can be filled with the Spirit or not. The filling of the Spirit is commanded and it's an encouraged. If, uh, you cannot do without it if, if we want the gospel to go do its work. We, we're also to have his power. Only the waiting that Jesus instructed his church, that's over with. He says, wait, you don't, you, you're not ready yet. You can't do this. You're going to go flop. You, you're going to fall on your face if you try this without the Spirit. Wait until you're endued with power. Terry, hang on. But when you have that power, now go. The Holy Spirit empowered believers from the day of Pentecost to this day. And today we need that power just as much as they did. Now, if Jesus was careful to instruct us to wait, wait, wait till, wait, then we must also, number one, wait for God's involvement. For God to be involved in his ministry, whatever he wants, whatever he wants accomplished. 
when we're, we're to wait for his involvement when he moves, when he empowers, when he revives, and then we can, we can move forward, and then we can see him working. The filling is for the work of God, Acts 1.8, our text, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. You, listen, you can't be a witness, effective witness to your loved one, so you got a kid that's lost. What do you do? Well, you preach over and over and over to them. You just, you know, just yell at them and you, you scream at them and you, whatever. And, and yeah, right. How, how's that working out for you? Or you can have the power of heaven behind your words and your witness. What would you rather, what would you rather be doing? Be effective or not effective? What would you, what would you rather see? Would you, would you rather see just the truth be, be stated or would you rather see a heart come to repentance that you have no control over? You have, you have, that's beyond your power. That's beyond your, your reach. But we can have that. That's what he said. He, he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And then you're going to be that witness. We've got to wait for God's involvement. The thing about it is, the Lord, wants to, the Lord wants to work more than I want to work. I remember when my kids were young and not really knowing when they're ready for salvation. Every parent has to struggle with that. Every parent has to, has to, to grapple with, well, when is my kid ready? You know, are they, you know, as a child, you can get a child to do anything, to accept anything, or to, to agree with, to go along with anything. Um, that's why they're so vulnerable, you know, to predators and whatever. And so you want a child to actually be, get things on his own, get things on her own, where, where it's their choice. And so you don't want to kind of force things or just whatever. I've seen that before where parents, you know, they run roughshod over the kids and they're all saved and they're all whatever. Yeah, right, until they get to the place to where they can make their own decision. See, because right now they're in your house and they're doing what you have, what you're saying, and they're fed by you and they're clothed by you and they're directed by you and they have no choice. I, I know today's world, uh, the crazy, uh, you know, philosophy of the world says that you cannot tell your kid to do anything or direct him in any way. That's baloney. You know, that, that's you know, put that out. That's not. That's 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 very very unwise. My wife's not in here. She's with the children. Stupid. It's very stupid. <laughs> it doesn't work, folks. That doesn't work. But, you know, because you can in, in influence your children, is it their decision or is it your decision to say some words or say a prayer or to be baptized or to whatever? I've seen it before, and it's even happened in my own kids where there's been a profession made. I remember with, with Becky, um, she, I think she's in a nursery right now, but when she was saved at, I don't know, eight years old or whatever, I don't know, she came to a profession of faith. And, you know, everybody else in the family saved and we're all saved and mom and dad are going to heaven and, you know, we're, we're, we talk about the Lord and we, you know, look forward to that and she's with us and everything else. And so she came to accept everything and, you know, receive intellectually, receive every, anything. And by the way, sometimes that's the difference between a person going to heaven or hell. 18 inches. They miss heaven by 18 inches. 
from their head to their heart. Because they, they understand these things in their heart. But they never came to repentance. Well, that's kind of like what happened to Becky. I did not know that. I, I was unaware of that. I'm her parent, unaware of that. And I think it was when she was like 12 or so. I'm preaching a, a Sunday night messages. <clears throat> Sunday night, preaching the word of God. Man, I'm after some lost people out there. <laughs> you need to do this. You do. And you know what? Here's this little girl here. I was lost. I didn't know it. She knew it. She knew she just said some words. It wasn't real to her. She was, she, there was a distance between her and God. And it was that service when I was preaching, she came under such conviction. I had no clue. I had no clue. After service, it's all over with. You know, sometimes I stand around and just fellowship with others. <clears throat> she came to me in the back there and she said, Dad, I got to talk to you. I, I said, okay, back in a little bit, you know, I'm your dad. I'm going to be with you at all. Day. And then she goes, Dad, I got to talk to you right now. And she brought me in, into my office. And she starts bawling. She says, Dad, I need to be saved. And I go, wait a minute, Beck, you're not saved? I didn't know that. She says, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't, have a, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't have that, I don't have that assurance. And then, so I prayed with her right there. First of all, I didn't know she was lost to begin with. But then when I saw that, I saw repentance. And I saw that. And I was just like, what a blessed thing it is. To have somebody come to know that they're saved and get it nailed down. Spirit of God working on her. I didn't know that. I didn't know that she was lost, but she did. <clears throat> See, the Spirit of God gets in. And he uses, by the way, he uses the Word of God to do that. In, uh, <clears throat> in Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 11, So shall my word be, God says, that goeth out of my mouth. <clears throat> it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the, in the thing whereto I sent it. Here, the word of God goes out, and you know what? God uses it, and man, he nails, he, he narrows in, and he brings it to a person, to their realization. <clears throat> and the preacher's preaching on the outside, and they hear words on the outside, but the Spirit of God's working on the inside and telling them, you need to be saved. It's not real in your life. You know that. It's a sham. It's just outward. It's just, it's just a, a form. It's just surface. There's nothing in your heart. You know that. And you know what? So many times you see that with children that grow up in a, a Christian home, and there's no indication because there's no, no outlet to see any, any different until they get to making their own decisions. And then all of a sudden you see that. Oh, no, my child, a wayward child. I know they're saved. Why? Because they said some words years and years and years ago. I don't know about that. I know there's sometimes a believer walks away from the Lord. Maybe you're a believer. You know that. Maybe you've walked away from the Lord. But the Lord just chastened you and you knew it and you couldn't, you couldn't stay long. You see, there's, there's what's called a sin unto death for believers that leave the, the fold and go away and they say, I'm not listening, I'm not listening, I'm not listening. And the Spirit of God says, excuse me, you're going to pay attention, and if you don't, I'm going to take you home. We're going to be dealing with this privately. You know, and it's called the sin unto death. But many times, like I say, uh, um, it's the Word of God that works. It's the Word of God that gets in. Don't ever underestimate the Word of God. But what I'm saying is, 
That word is empowered with the Spirit of God's power on a person's life. That's why God says, tarry until you be endued with power. Wait until the promise comes, and then you shall receive power, and then you'll be witnesses unto me. And then what it is, and then that, that uh, effort to that lost loved one. Hey, do you want that, that person to be saved or not? Do you want that wife? Do you want that husband to, to really get it? Do you want your kids to ever come to Christ? Do you want them to miss the judgment of eternity and, and find themselves in heaven? Listen, we need to be empowered by the Spirit of God. We need to have the Lord's power. We must also, like the disciples, were, were uh, instructed to wait for God's involvement. You need to have God involved. And folks, if he's not involved, if he's not there, if you don't have the Spirit of God, his power in your life, there's a place right here this morning for you to get it, for you to, to, to come to the Lord. And he, by the way, he promised a kid will ask an egg from a parent. They're not going to give him something bad, a stone or a scorpion. You ask the, the Holy Spirit, his power, his direction, his influence, and you'll have that. So we're to wait for God's involvement. We're to wait for God's timing. In Luke 24, we read this verse, verse 49. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. He says, wait, tarry until you, the Lord works and, and, and wait for God's timing. See, folks, we can labor and we can urge and we can proclaim the word of God, but Nothing of internal, eternal significance happens till God engages his power. And I've seen the Spirit of God move on his schedule. I don't know what his schedule is. Seems to me like much different than my schedule sometimes. Much, much different. But I've seen it. I've seen his timing. And when it's his timing, man, what a blessing. He's... You wait for, for his timing. And you got to wait, not just wait, like just sit there and wait, say, do, 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 maybe someday. No, no, it's, it's kind of like an active wait, a cleansing wait, a, 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 a yielding wait. Wait for God's power, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. You have his power. See, folks, every track, every witness, every effort, every outreach should be carried along by, immersed in, marinated with God's power. Do you have God's power? See, that's the question. Are you experiencing God's power in your life? Do you see God working around you in, in the lives of your loved ones and in those that are affected by you, those that, that you have uh, influence upon? Do you see God's power in your life? We, we go around like, like we're, we're powerless. We're going around like we, we, we're not plugged in. Come on. Get plugged in. Not to this church. Not to your Sunday school class, which you should be, but not to, no, no. Plugged in to the power of God. The question is, am I filled with his spirit and his power? Well, that's a good question. If not, why? Why? Well, maybe... You're not asking for it. Maybe uh, you're filled with something else. You know, you can't, you can't fill a cup with something, some liquid if, there's, if it's full. You've got to dump it out first. It's okay to dump out something that's, that's garbage to put something good in. Whatever it is that you're filled with, 
It's not worth what God has for you. I, I guarantee that. It, it's, it's got, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold a candle to the Lord's empowerment. But he's not going to fill you, your vessel, if you're full of yourself or something else or your own purposes. So why are you not filled? Maybe you're materialistic or maybe you're unclean. You know, you, you, you got a lot of taint of the world or of the lust of, of the flesh or things that are out there. Maybe there's some sin in your life. That, and you know what? The Spirit, Spirit of God's not going to use that. He's, he's not going to go for that. He wants a clean vessel. He wants a clean vessel. Okay, can you hear that? Let's all wait until, until it stops, okay? So we can go on. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Now everybody's going to start clicking. There's, and we have ten cars out there going. Dee, 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 dee. The other day I just bent down and I had my, my doohicker in my pocket. I bent down and it, it shot the thing off. You know what in the world? Okay, good, good, good. It's it's done. It's done. <laughs> Somebody here was getting convicted and they just pushed their. <laughs> Who was it? No. <laughs> so the question again was, am I filled? Or, or maybe I'm unclean. Maybe there's some things I need to. 1 John 1.9. Thank God. Thank God for the 1 John 1.9. If, if we confess our sins, no matter what it is, God wants you to have his power today. Shame on us if we're not filled with the Spirit, displaying His power, His use. We must have the power of God or we're just going to spin our wheels, folks. That's what's going to happen. We've been empowered as far as His church. I mean, we, we are enabled, we're directed, and, and given every tool that we need to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be empowered by the Spirit. We have no excuse to do His work without His power today. Once empowered, then let's go. That's what he said. All power is given unto me. Go ye therefore. Now, now you can go. You know what we need? Folks, I have nothing else. I have nothing else. I've got something sharp or, or different or whatever. I'm just saying this. We need to see God work. So let's, let's get his power. Get his engagement. Get his time. Get his power so that we can see God work in and through us. Let's do it. Every head bowed, nobody looking for just a moment. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts.